Last week, we talked about how amazing Caldrea is, and this week is no exception. Caldrea is a consciously crafted home and body care brand that combines thoughtful ingredients with delectable scents, making caring for ourselves and our homes a beautiful experience. In addition to those hand soaps and lotions I mentioned last week, Caldrea also has home cleaning products that effectively clean while transforming your home with your favorite fragrances. While we all are spending so much time at home, we want to keep it clean and fresh. Caldrea makes cleaning enjoyable and worry-free with incredible, effective formulas that are addictively pleasurable to use. Products use a combination of essential oils from flowers and herbs and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients. Home cleaning products are available in scents like pear blossom agave and sea salt neroli that customers love. I received this as a gift and now I refuse to use any other dish soap again. Not only does it work extremely well, but the smell is amazing. Paired with the countertop cleaner, people are always complimenting how wonderful my kitchen smells. And let me tell you from experience, I absolutely agree. It smells amazing and the scent is long lasting. Get free shipping on orders of $50 or more when you buy online at caldrea.com. That's C-A-L-D-R-E-A.com. Visit caldrea.com and add a touch of luxury to your home. From Podcast One and the Lady Gang, are you ready for a relatable, unapologetic take on life? This is the Ladies Like Us podcast with Nazanin Mandy and Nadia Mohan. Welcome to an all-new episode of Ladies Like Us. I'm Nazanin Mandy. And I'm Nadia Moham. And here we are, another Tuesday. Yes, another Tuesday. And just to let you guys know, we actually have Aaron in early today. Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, yeah, good morning. <laughs> good morning, guys. Yeah. So we decided we were going to do a continuation of last week's um, <clears throat> Ladies Like You episode where we answered your guys's questions because uh, we had so many so we thought you know let's just keep it going I think this this tends to be a uh, a fun episode I, I guess I don't know I don't know what the word is but we enjoy doing ladies like you episodes not only do we get to have Erin on which is awesome because she's our dear friend and so the conversation is like how we normally would we know each other um, but you know it, it's just I like the fact that we don't know what kind of questions that are going to come up. They're all different and it's right. just a cool way to have, bring up open discussion about different topics. So here no, we and, are. And I think it's important that like our listeners hear our point of views, right. not only like uh, when we interview people, but like how we really feel, you know, about certain topics. So that's important too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <clears throat> we also decided we wanted to have Aaron on for the whole episode um, cause you know, in our intro, Nas and I will recap our week, shit that's happened to us, but we wanted to just recap with her and have a bigger discussion because so much shit has been happening and like life changing historical yeah. moments. I mean, um, I don't so even know where to start really. Where did uh, we leave off? With? Last time we left off, we talked about the incident that happened. Right. And, right. Uh, we went <clears throat> But, you know, the George Floyd incident is a catalyst to what has been needing to happen for so many years. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just going back real quick to not confuse the listeners. 
What we did in the last two episodes was the last episode we had previously recorded before George Floyd with Aaron. So we didn't bring it up in that last episode. It was brought up in the previous episode, which was closer to the time of the event. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I do want to mention, because it was brought to my attention, was um, I had a listener DM me. And she was like, she, she, she basically told me, listen, I'm, I think it was like 15, no less than that. I think she was like two minutes into the episode Mm -hmm. and she wanted to reach out to me and tell me something about what I had said. And I listened to her and I'm in total agreement with with what she had to say. So what she said was, she was like, Nadia, I'm listening to your episode and I just wanted to bring this up to you because She's like, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And I think it's important that we share, you know, point those out to other people when they may not know. So when we got on, um, when we recorded the episode, it was the very next morning, right after the incident. And I had been watching stuff all night long and I was like furious. So I woke up with anger and what I, I'm like winded. (laughs) Why can't I breathe? (laughs) I know. I told Aaron. I think I have the Rona. No, no, no! You. I'll get into that later. I have a. I have an appointment today to get tested, but I'll get into that later. Oh my God, girl! (laughs) Okay. Anyways, (laughs) so which is okay. What I had said was in in Mm -hmm. in my anger and heat of the moment was that I was saying that everyone needs to watch it. That everyone needs to feel as angry as I feel. Don't turn away. Don't. Don't, um, you know, what I was trying to get at is when things get uncomfortable to watch, we don't want to see it and we don't expose ourselves. And in a way, you're ignoring the problem because you're not viewing it. You're, you're saying, I can't look at that. So in my mind, that's what I was thinking. And I was angry as, f- but she had a very valid point. And I thought about this too later <clears throat> that, First of all, like if you've gone through trauma, watching something like that can be very difficult to see. Mm-hmm. So when I say everyone, I shouldn't say, make a blanket statement and say everyone. There are people who cannot watch this and it's completely okay and understandable. Also, black people don't need to be watching this. They've seen it time and time again. If you they don't want to see it, exactly. You know this happens. You don't need to see it again. You've seen it over and over again. It's trauma. It, it's draining. It's draining. Absolutely. All of our black friends are exhausted mm-hmm. and they don't need to expose themselves to that over and over again. So black people, you are exempt from watching this as well. I was <laughs> trying to say, I was just trying to say, really, the people that are not exposed to this, look at it. You know what right. I mean? That, that was my point. So I appreciate when people reach out to me and tell me when I'm wrong. I shouldn't have made a blanket statement. That was wrong of me. And I really apologize for that. So I just wanted to clarify that, get that out there. <laughs> and I, I could breathe. <laughs> okay. Wait. So are you okay? Okay. So <laughs> I feel like I'm doing all the talking here. <laughs> no, 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 but you said, I just wanted to, are you okay? okay. I'm fine. I, awesome. this will be my last story and then you guys can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a bike ride uh, last Thursday with Tina Sanchez. She organized with two of her friends. She created this little biker gang called Puff Riders, and they've been doing it three times a week, so they're very experienced in riding bikes. Uh-huh. So they, she invited us. Uh, I borrowed her their bike. I went, and it was nine miles. It was a solidarity ride for George Floyd, 
and Black Lives Matter. It was beautiful. People were honking. Great time. <clears throat> the ride is over. And then she tells us, uh, oh, do you want to just go ride and get some food? We'll go get pizza or whatever. Perfect. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have shit else to do. Why not? 26 miles later. <laughs> no, thank you. That was a vaginal distress. <laughs> Does your vaginal hurt? <laughs> no, it's healed now. But I, I was in so much pain. It was hot as shit. My face got burned. My shoulders got burnt. Oh. But the reason why I don't really feel good is because, and it could be psychological, uh, she gave us masks to wear that they made. The masks that they made, you couldn't breathe out of them. They weren't made to be very breathable. So I took it off. I couldn't fucking breathe. So I was out all day with all kinds of people without a mask, and it freaked me out. Like, yeah. And then I started getting like a runny nose, which I don't even think is a symptom. And now I can't breathe. And <laughs> I got corona. <laughs> no. I'm just thinking it over so I regardless I just made an appointment anyways because I just want that peace of mind to just be like no of course I really don't think I have it but Nadia's all like coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) no fuck but yeah anyways the floor is yours (laughs) I'm done oh sorry I was gonna say well one last thing because I told Uh Tina when we were writing, I said, I'm going to talk so much shit about you, Tina, in our next episode. I'll never forgive you for this. So here's it. Here it is, Tina. F you, Tina Sanchez. I would feel the same way. I would have called the car or something. Oh, I, I, w- I was considering calling you because we went down to, we went from Culver City to Venice. Uh-huh. Man. Anyways, let's get back to more sad and depressing and fucking terrible topics. <laughs> I just can't. How are you Me feeling, Erin? Wow. I'm actually I'm I'm really overwhelmed. Um and the and the funny thing about it is it's like it's a there's a plethora of things that are overwhelming me about this current climate. Um I don't know, you know. It seems like, um, you know, it, 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 it can be kind of disheartening when it seems like you're finally getting across to people, you know, when you are yeah. finally um, making your point and people are actually listening like, oh, okay, I actually hear you now. But then you have things like our politicians kneeling in kente cloths on TV. That blows <laughs> me away. <laughs> And it's what? just like, what are you doing? What was that? You that, know, and it, yeah. it, and it just feels like, do you actually hear me? You know, do you, are, are you actually listening to what I'm saying? Because I never asked you to become African. What I asked you was to treat me like a human being. Like, they, want, they want to um, relate so badly. It's, and, it's, and, and you know what? That that to that point is so crazy because like a lot of uh, white people and a lot of people who aren't black, I'll just say people who aren't black that I come across, um, and they you know they feel terribly. They want to share the pain. They want to you know make me understand that they see me and that they get it. But there's also this really weird, um, I don't know. It's just like a really weird air about it 
when I'm approached, it's like you, they want to say something. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They're so it becomes themselves right now. Yeah. So yeah. it becomes very stiff and very like, just, it's just like, it doesn't work. I think it, you, make, and it, it makes you question the authenticity of it all. Absolutely. That, that's how absolutely. I feel. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can totally absolutely. see that. Have you, have you come across people, um, white people that are trying too hard where it's uncomfortable? Yes, but that's not, that's, that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, especially with, um, just my line of work, because I have a lot of like white parents who have black children and they'll bring them to me and they want me to feel like they understand their child, you know, better than I do just because mm-hmm. I'm black, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'm like, you don't have to work that hard. Like, this is your child. Like I get it. So I, that's not an uncommon thing for me mm-hmm. to encounter. But yes, it's definitely been happening. And I <laughs> yeah, think, I imagine that. I think people are just afraid to admit that they, they just were wrong did, for so long. Right. And mm-hmm. that they, they didn't know or they were ignorant or they didn't realize or, yeah. you know, in your cases with, with the kids that, you know, they don't know. Like, it's okay to right. admit. It's okay not to know. know. Yeah. Also, too, the 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 shock of it is also kind of um it, it's a little irritating it is. to be honest with you it's yeah. just like you're shocked mm-hmm. and it's crazy because i came across a meme recently that says something like if you think that the uh police and you know whoever is putting the bricks in different communities for the protesters if you think that that's crazy wait till you hear about crack cocaine and it's just like this yes. has been going on for so fucking long yeah. that i cannot yeah. even believe that in 2020 your 30 40 50 year old ass is just now catching on right it's because they for some reason people have people who have not had to deal with the police in in an unfortunate way have they have these blinders on and they think the government is, you know, is right. And the police are right. And we must listen. And it's like, they're here to protect us. Yeah. All of us. No, no. So since they're not exposed to it, it's pure ignorance. They don't believe it really exists. And so when they see shit, it is mind blowing to them because they're like, how could this happen? I don't understand. And it's like, this has been happening forever. The America is designed this way. It is. Another thing, another thing that I'll say is pretty overwhelming right now. And this is just for me personally. I don't know if any other black people are feeling this way right now, but um, I I just remember moving to LA in 2012 from Baltimore where there was nothing but black people. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm like, I come from a like 95, 96% black place. Right. Mm -hmm. And then coming to LA, it's such a melting pot. You know, I had never really met a Mexican person until I moved here. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, that that was the first time in 2012 that I really was introduced to my own blackness. Because mm-hmm. before, I never had to think about it. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but me there. Mm-hmm. So right. now, coming into this um, time, I kind of still, I, I'm starting to refeel that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like, I feel like I cannot just be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because I think that that is a subconscious thing from a lot of black people where for me, I know I'll catch myself in the grocery store, damn near holding my items out in front of me. So nobody thinks that I'm going to steal it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like holding my money in my hand, 
so that nobody thinks that I don't have money enough and that I'm not going to like you walk out with their shit. You yeah, know, I like find, people are I, always I, questioning I, you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And I, I definitely catch myself doing that sometimes, but it, it it's so subconscious. And I don't think that until recently that all of those feelings have just like started to flood me, you know, and it's, and it's exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting to be in your skin at this yeah. moment, if you're yeah. a black person. And I, yeah. that is, it's a rough, it's a rough time. Well, you're going through rehash trauma, you know, every yeah. time this happens, it's, it's trauma. And so this yeah. is your, your trauma exp- response, you know, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It and is yeah, just, and it's, it's crazy because like, it, and it's not, the, the funny thing is, is not just people who aren't black because even people who are black are still conditioned to think this way mm-hmm. about black people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very significant family member of mine growing up tell me that I needed to get rid of my inward friends, get rid of my hoodlum friends and get white friends because that was the only way that I was going to get ahead in life. That's, you know, Uh, and and, and this is a fully black person of my family. You know what I mean? So what was, what was your take on that when that was told to you? Did you agree? Did you feel like, no, I didn't agree. I think that I've, I've always been pretty strong-minded ever since I was, since I can remember. Um, so I don't think that that really made me think of what I was doing with my life any different. It just made me think different of them. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, you're tripping. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that luckily, you know, I know people who definitely fall into that where they're like, oh yeah, my grandma told me these things. My so-and-so told me these things and I believe it now, but that's never been my case, thankfully. So. No, and most likely in their case, that was told to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Passed yeah. on to you. It's all mm-hmm. conditioning. Yeah, it's very exactly. conditioning. Yeah. Very. And it's good that I you're mean, breaking that. You see, you see colorism being a problem in every culture. Oh in yeah. Every culture. It's a problem. Yeah. The darker you, the lighter you are, the better, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't see my quotes, but <laughs> the better. Uh, the world has been fucking conditioned this way. And I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 sometimes I struggle to even find the words because it just makes me so fucking angry. Yeah. It's no, just I, like, I, how, how can you not treat, a human being, any human being, like a human, a human being. being. Like, exactly. Exactly. It's mind-blowing, mind honestly. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll even show you the depth of, of how, how deep this goes. When I volunteered at Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, mm-hmm. this was years ago when I went to Paul Mitchell, they had a trip you could take. And I yes. went, it was in Utah. And it's, it's a beautiful animal sanctuary. They have dogs, cats, all kinds of animals, and they re, you know, rehome them and blah, blah, blah. So I went to go work there. And at the time they were having, uh, I think it was the whole month, all black animals were discounted. And yeah. And, and I asked them about this. I said, what is this about? And the lady said, and she said it, in a way that she was not in agreement that this was happening, but she said it in a way that wow. it was the only way that they could get those animals adopted. People do not even want to adopt black animals. That's how deep this shit goes. 
they are black cats black dogs black pets will will not get adopted they're they're the last to get adopted out of all the colors of of animals and i i I just and she said in a way of like that that's how we what we have to do to help them to give them their homes like like isn't this ridiculous and I, i was just like wow wow that's how deep this shit goes that's an interesting so, story. Glad you shared that. That's yeah. crazy. It, it's not okay. Um, no. But going back to Aaron, what you said, uh, I reposted something that Amanda Seals posted. Uh, and, you know, it is a bit derogatory f- for some people. They don't want to hear this word. Uh, but she said, coons are Negroes who choose white approval over black advancement. Mm-hmm. And yep. And that goes back to what you were saying about your friend, you know, saying that um, and the conditioning that mm-hmm. white people feel, I mean, excuse me, black people feel that they have to be cool mm-hmm. with white people or kiss their ass mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Or, or hug or hug cops at protests. Oh, my God, girl. Or kneel or kneel with a cop uh, at a protest when a cop kneeled on George Floyd's neck to kill him. I don't want to see you right. kneeling. <laughs> for anything but, at this yeah, point in my life. The ignorance exactly. and the disrespect is crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't post- agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's but I posted that and I, I got a few responses that they just didn't understand that. And I've had to delete people left and right and it's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you have. It, it's crazy because that hasn't been my experience. Like, I haven't had to delete a lot of people because, I mean, I think that the majority of my of my social media, social network is Black. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had a lot of that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you have, Nadia, because you grew up in OC yeah. <laughs> in Orange County, California, yeah. so, which is a very, very racist place. Exactly. And right. um, I... Mostly, I didn't really see it on Instagram, um, and it's mostly my Facebook. So my mm-hmm. Facebook is mostly just people that I went to school with, family members. It's 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 a lot of OC people. So I'm, and and I knew that, and I knew the audience. So I purposely went so hard with my posting. I was like, Good. look at this, look at this, look at this. Like I want you to see this shit. Make them and uncomfortable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote a whole post about that because of the responses that I was getting that right. they were not comfortable with it. They were like, why aren't you showing the cops kneeling? Why aren't you oh, showing this please. good stuff that's happening? And I'm like, why? Why would I do that? You think that's going to balance it out? Like, no, it's you're going to kneel and yeah, they're okay. going to kneel and then go and attack us right yeah. after. Well, and it also makes them feel better about their racism. Mm-hmm. Right. And feel right. better about themselves right. so they just want to do something that's going to make me feel good me me yeah. me and it's not fucking about you anymore yeah right and the funny part about it is like what is kneeling what does that mean anyway because what you are hired to do is protect people so do you think that you kneeling in front of me is going to make me think that you're not going to go out and kill another black person you know right. because right. because you have the power to do that just right. because you don't just you don't want confrontation with me right now Mm-hmm. So you're going to kneel and you're going to do whatever. You're going to put kente cloth on because you don't want <laughs> confrontation with me right now. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's very passive and it's kind of emotionally manipulative. Yeah, yes. it's very, it's shameful. I'm, I'm embarrassed to see it. When I saw that kente cloth thing, I was like, 
this is such an act. Like you're just doing this for the moment to be like, look, see, this is what we did. And, and then we'll move on. And, and the crazy thing about it is a lot of black Americans don't, um, we don't identify with African culture. We're American. Yes. You, you guys brought us here. We yeah. are American and we've been here for the last 500 years. We don't know anything about Africa. Exactly. Black like, Americans what, are totally different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a weird time. <laughs> Black America is, is, a, is a young culture. It is. You know what I mean? And, and so we've, it's so disheartening to see you guys have to struggle and claw your way to just yeah. have a seat at the table. And I don't know. I think I, I think I think a part of it too. Um, uh, the reason why we're having such a struggle is because we're such a young culture because exactly. we don't know anything about our history. Mm-hmm. Our history started when our ancestors came over on slave ships. You know, half of them dead, the other half laying on top of the dead ones. Exactly. You know, it's just like that's it. it it's crazy because you see these posts and you see all of these people saying things like, "Well, if you would just follow the law." You know, you wouldn't get in trouble if you would just do this or just do that. No. You wouldn't get in trouble. But the thing about it is, is it's never been that way. No, it, it's always been designed for us to be enslaved. That is why we came here. It we came here to boost the American economy, and that is literally all they really want to use us for. Absolutely, and, and it's always been that way. It's always and been it, that way, and, and it's going to be everything. that way. Yeah, it's going to be that way until something changes. But what's really frightening for me is that I'm not stupid and I know that the powers that be um, are not trying to play that game Mm-mm. because it's going to fuck up the church's money, yeah. you know? All of it. And They're so, not trying to let it go. Not, not at all. Let it go. Uh, not at all. If you are one of those people that are saying that, that you are saying, why don't you just follow the rules? If you wouldn't resist, you wouldn't get arrested or whatever the fucking bullshit that people are saying Go educate yourself because that is telling me that you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, Go start with start Mary. with a yes, Ava DuVernay's thirteen. Exactly. Thank start you. Start there. Start there. It, if you watch that and still say that, you're an idiot. Like, Absolutely. there's just no way around it. Everything, you're an idiot. Everything is detailed and there. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's all designed yeah. that way, you know. Yep. And, and, and like last night, I watched LA ninety two. You watched it last night or you watched it a few? I watched it yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the Rodney King situation and the LA riots happened when we were really young. So it's like, I knew about it, but I never dug deeper into the details of, you know, everything that was shown in that documentary. Like, I knew parts of it, not all of it. I actually didn't know about um, the Korean lady that shot that little girl. Yeah. This little girl was going to... This little girl was going to the liquor store to buy orange juice. She was getting her money out of her backpack. The Korean- she had her money in her hand. Oh, there you go. She had her money in the But the lady grabbed her backpack for whatever yes. reason. Because Probably she, she thought, thought she was, was going to put Right. Uh, and the, the girl fought back. This girl was only like, how old was she, Erin? Like 16, 17, something like that. I thought she was even younger. She was Maybe. young. Yeah. Maybe. She was very young. She was, she was young. Yeah. And um, she grabs the bag and, and they're fighting for it. And then the Korean lady just point blank shoots her and kills her in her head, killed her in her head, shot her in her head, shot her in her head, in her head. And do you know know what happened to her? She got community service and a fine and a fine. 
There you so go. Don't it's- tell me. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that people are, you know, if you wouldn't resist arrest, if you weren't doing bad things. This is not the truth. This is not the reality. You need to open your no. eyes. Because this oh shit God, is going on. That, it, it, that was so, I mean, again, this happens time and time again, but that really just to see that and that nothing happened to her. And the judge said, I could tell a criminal when I see one. This is what, she, and, and the jury found her guilty, first of all. And the judge decided to, to give her the, uh, that lesser sentence because she said, I can tell when a person is a criminal or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know one when I see one. Exactly. Which means, which means that she's not black, so she's not a criminal. Right. I can't. I just... I, I, yeah, I don't, it's deep. I, it's so fucking deep. And the funny part about it is like, Everybody thinks that we're crying over George Floyd. Like, you know, this is the new thing. Black people are still crying over Emmett Till. You know? Tamir Rice. I mean, Emmett Till was like, what, 19? I don't even want to say the wrong date, but it was very, very, very long ago. Probably in the 50s, something like that. I don't even know. I'll fact check that one. But um, this boy got beat to death. If you don't know the story of Emmett Till, please look it up. Mm-hmm. He got beat to death by a town of white people for looking at a white woman. Looking. And I, and I think that he was like 14. Maybe anywhere from like 11 to 14. I, I really have to fact check this story. But um, yeah, Emmett Till was very young. He looked at, whistled at something, supposedly, supposedly. They right. beat him to death where they could not even, they, the um, funeral home wanted his mother to have a closed casket because they couldn't do anything with his body, but she decided oh, no. to have an open casket yes. so, they, so that they could see what they did to her son. And his face was all mangled up. Oh I do my God. Yeah. I do remember. What? Like, that was in Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. And please forgive me, I, I smoke a lot of weed, so I'm not good with dates and, and <laughs> things like that. But I mean, none of that really matters. Yeah. Like, but, this is, it, but it was so long ago, you know what I mean? Like, it was so, and I think, like, this was, might, be, might have been before the whole civil rights movement and all of that. So, yeah. um, my God, like, th- this is a long-ass time coming, but it even still does not feel real. It still doesn't feel like anything is really going to change. Um, what I will say I is that I am, what? I was going to ask you how you feel about it possibly remaining the same. Not you know, possibly. There's all, there's all these protests and, you know, people are all, you know, about it right now, but things can shift and things will shift. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. I, it's I, th- a I lot. think, I think slow and steady is always best. <laughs> Um, and I think that with not, and not to say that we want to sacrifice any more black people to be a martyr for this thing, you know what I mean? But with every little thing, you know, there's more and more attention, uh, attention that is brought to it, which is great. Um, but it just feels like I, I'm, I'm just afraid to bring little black children into this world right now. You know, I don't feel like in my lifetime, I will see many huge changes to this thing just because I know how deep the government and corporation uh, bond is with money and how they use black people 
to uh, fund their prisons, mm-hmm. fund uh, basically every way that they make money. Yeah. Off of us. So, um, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's really hard to picture, and that's the most discouraging part of it, is that we see time and time this happens. No justice is served. Uh, people get upset. They take to the streets. They riot. They loot. They do whatever they, that needs to happen. few small changes happen here and there, and here we are back doing it all over again. Yeah. And it constantly happens. And, and if you really understand what it is, you, you do, and it's discouraging because you do know that the change has to come from like so high up that it, right. it feels unreachable. How can Absolutely. we change the government? Yeah. How? You know what I mean? When- so it, it's, it's so far, it feels so far out of our hands. And mm-hmm. it's, that's the part that is the most unsettling to me, Aaron. And I, I, I understand what you're saying is it just feels discouraging. How, how can we, you know, and, and, and everybody, so- and everybody's like vote. And we're like, yeah, okay, cool. And then Russia exactly. comes in and plays with our numbers. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are we doing here? Right. Well, that's and the I'm not, thing. Once I'm you- not discouraging anybody not to vote. Please do vote. It might, it might make a difference. But Right. We don't, um, we don't really know. And yeah, and it still feels hopeless. That's the thing about voting is that if we can't dr- trust our police system because it's designed a certain way, not only is the police system designed a certain way with white supremacy roots, everything, including the judicial, 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 you see the prosecutor, don't get Aaron and I started laughing. This will never end. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, everyone is involved in this. Everyone is in cahoots. The coroner, the, the, the prosecutors, the judges, everyone is in cahoots. Mm-hmm. So if that is happening, how can we trust and feel that our American vote is going to even make a difference when they can just count. manipulate it? How do we know? Right. right. We don't. Yeah. We don't. And that, and so, Aaron, I, I get it with that part. Um, and I keep thinking about it over and over again because I've voted before in the past and then there's been elections that I haven't voted in. It's been kind of inconsistent with it. Because I feel that way, does it even matter? But I think at this point, I'm just like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. Well, yeah, but what do we have to lose at this exactly, point? Exactly. It's already fucked up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yeah. Trump, he needs to go. I mean, I don't even, I doubt that Joe Biden is that much more immensely better than Trump. Um, but Trump has empowered people to speak out on their racism. Yeah. I yeah. Really feel that to- way. yeah. Yes. Exactly. We all have questions about coronavirus. Learning more about how it impacts women can help researchers find ways to prevent, treat, and beat it while ensuring the care we receive is tailored to our needs. You can help researchers understand more about how women have been affected by coronavirus by participating in Research Goes Red, the American Heart Association's joint collaboration between Go Red for Women and Verily's Project Baseline Initiative to form the largest, most engaged research community that's for women by women. Did you know women in their 30s and 40s are more than twice as likely to die from heart disease than breast cancer? 
filling out a survey could help change that. More than 40% of Hispanic women are living with cardiovascular disease. You could help change that by participating in focus groups, surveys, or studies. Heart disease is a leading cause of death of black women in their 30s, claiming more lives than all cancers, accidents, assaults, and Alzheimer's disease combined. Joining a focus group could help us learn why. And cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death for new moms. Participating in online research could help change that. Research Goes Red just launched a survey to better understand how women have personally been affected and impacted by coronavirus. Whether or not they have it, we're in this together. The more you know about women and our overall health, the more lives we can save for generations to come. For more information about how you can drive science ahead, visit projectbaseline.com slash go red. That's projectbaseline.com slash go red. Um, I have a question for Nas, actually. Um, what is your experience during this time being married to a Black man? Ooh, it's deep. It's deep. Yeah. A lot of things come up. Um, of course the children part of it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid and, um, I'm also afraid of the things that I don't know because I don't want to not tell them something or misinform them. So for me, it's important before I have children to really learn the roots of everything, um, to really understand the history. And so I can inform my children so they know what's up. Um, but like, that's a fear of mine, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's my duty now to really get into it, Mm -hmm. to really understand everything so I can pass that on to them and to have strong people around who know and have Mm -hmm. experience and grew up with all of this. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot, it's eye opening. It's really Mm -hmm. eye opening, you know? And then, you know, my husband, he's half black you know, so it's like, I've seen a lot of conflict with that. And it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. much. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And I have to really like sit with myself. And that's why I get quiet and just take everything in. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I fear for him when he goes out and more so now more than ever. It's just, it's, it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's yeah. scary. It's really yeah. scary, but this is reality. This is reality. Yeah. And um, we have to just take care of each other and, and educate ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Education is, uh, there's so much shit out there. It's like, how do people still argue against this? I I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I don't either. This whole, this whole, all the counter, uh, the counter, what is it like the rebuttal of all lives matter versus black lives matter. It's, mm-hmm. I'm tired of this shit. Like you're not seeing the point. Yeah. This, no. this, this is not black lives only matter. That's not what this is. Get your head <laughs> out of your ass. Like, I don't know. Have you guys been seeing that still? I still see oh, it. Oh, of course. It's B- before I got on not- how, how can you not understand I'd like to, I don't know, people, I don't know, a lot. Yeah. I, I watched like three videos of uh, all lives matter situations. Um, <laughs> you know, just white people 
Um, just like that lady, that lawyer. She's a lawyer, for God's sake. Lady, what are you doing? Who, Candace? No, no, no. Who's spitting that 17-year-old kid's face? What? I didn't see that. What was that? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to send you guys this video. You just wait. There's a video of this white lady. She's out at a protest. Uh Who knows what in the world she's doing there in the first place? And she's Uh acting like she's scared to death because these protesters are coming toward her. Of course, they're not coming toward her. They're walking in that direction. And so she's acting like she's scared to death. And so she starts yelling at them. And, of course, they start, you know, they're chanting, whatever they're chanting as they're marching. And they chant, you know, back at her. Like, this is what it is. Right. You can get my face, I'm going to get yours. And she fixed her tiny lips to spit in this 17-year-old kid's face. Like, hawk spit in... And and, and, sh- and I, absolutely, absolutely. Are you kidding me? And so then, great. like, oh my God, I can't even. Uh, oh Jesus! If that was my kid, if that was I me, know. I just. And this is why I can't be outside right now, guys, because <laughs> you would be bailing me out of jail. I would be so <laughs> upset. It's like it's not even enough that I'm like upset in my home. If I was out there in those streets, oh lordy, mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. I know. Mm. Have you have you felt like you won't you you don't want to go out and protest? Like, how do you feel I, about that? I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'm fifty mm-hmm. fifty, but my logic says keep your ass home. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel like dying. Um, no. <laughs> I don't feel like getting coronavirus. Um, right. and you know, I I I am supporting the movement the way that I support the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does not mean for me being out in the streets. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a 33-year-old woman with responsibilities. I got to go to work. I don't know what y'all want me to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, so, yeah. That's just where I am with it. I've been feeling that way, too, about protesting. Like, I I see it, and I want so badly to be out there and be a part of it. But, like, I'm not going to lie. I I see coronavirus. Like, Mm -hmm. that is a big part of it, too. Mm -hmm. We are still in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know people are wearing masks, but they're like standing this close to one another mm-hmm. and it freaks me it's out. Hundreds of people. And this lady just spit in this kid's face. Exactly. exactly. Like, like, what? I know. Such a disregard. I, I yeah. just, you know, actually going back to the very beginning of it all, does this feel, does this George Floyd incident and how social media and the nation, <clears throat> excuse me, and even the world, does it feel different to you? And and like, let's break that down and talk to, like so, about that. Why it's different? You think people just want to get out the house? Oh, is I that, is that, no, is I, that I the didn't, feeling? I just think of that. I, 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 feel, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I that sometimes. That. That's I an interesting like people, perspective. Man, I feel like people are so up and, up and about it and out here in these streets because wow. they're like, oh, an opportunity to do something. Summer's canceled. There's no concerts. Let's go protest. There's literally literally nothing to do right now. And unemployment is at its highest rate. Like people don't have jobs to go to. So they're like, I mean, it'll make sense. Okay. So that that's the negative part about it. But what if, what if, because people are available because they Mm -hmm. are not working because they don't have anything to do, but to be in the house that they can pay more attention now to what's happening. Right. You know, I think I think about it both ways, but Uh I think I think that the crowd is probably split 50 50, which is okay, And I'm okay with that. 
I can see that. It's kind of like all the elements of a perfect storm were there to create this, right. yes. this awakening in a lot of people. Um, yes. Yeah, I can totally see that. Because I, I was trying, you know, Nas, Nick, and I had a really long conversation like a week or two ago. Like we talked all day about all kinds yeah. of things. Uh, and that was one of the things we talked about is why is this such a bigger deal than all the others? You know, there, there's been a few that have kind of been highlighted more than the rest, but this one right. is huge mm-hmm. to the point where like people in France and other countries mm-hmm. are protesting on the beh- behalf of Americans. Yeah. Black okay. Americans at that. Exactly. So that's a big movement. That's, that's a big thing to happen. And so we were talking about that and I was trying to figure that out. And Aaron, that's a good point. I didn't think about that part that they're tired of getting out. I did think about the fact that we are in a pandemic. People don't have jobs. Like they can be out in the streets. Um, But I also think too, this time around this particular video in this video, the way that it was, being captured and filmed for so long and how he knew he was being filmed mm-hmm. and it was just, just blatant. Such a blatant disrespect for human life right. that really shocked a lot of people to see mm-hmm. it happen like that for so Before long and up. just yeah mm-hmm. that that yeah. was a big part of it as well I think that you know was, unfortunately with Ahmad Aubrey he got gunned down by rednecks so people are like, oh, that's what rednecks do. They hate black people. They shoot them, whatever. Like, it, 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 as fucked up as it is, it was easier for them to accept that in a way because and that's movement. what's supposed to happen than to see a police officer look dead into the camera and be like, yeah, I'm doing this. You see me doing this? I'm doing this. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that was just so unsettling. And that just shows the corruption in the police system. And yeah. if you're... It, it, it sucks. I will say this. I do know good cops. I'm not saying they're all bad. And it sucks that you're being grouped with them. However, you knew what this is when you signed up to be in it. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know and, and most turn a blind eye. Exactly. And, and that out. makes you a bad cop. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Somebody, the, somebody pointed it yes. out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody, I think it was uh, Van Lathan. Um, he used to be uh, at TMZ, I believe, something like that. I think he said, um, if there's a basketball team of guys, right? Oh, I saw and, that. Yeah, and one basketball player is raping children. Mm-hmm. But all the players know about it, mm-hmm. even though they're not, you know, raping children themselves. Does that mm-hmm. make those, the rest of those people good people? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Guilty no. association. Exactly. Right. So there absolutely is no, the only, and then I saw something else that said, the only good cop I've ever seen turned in his badge. Mm. And, I, and I'd be okay. curious to see if that's happening and where it's happening and what, you know, yeah, that I'd be curious to see if that's happening right now, if there are, because uh, I was talking to Nigel about this, that one of his buddies, uh, he's in the military and he was out in the streets protesting. He's black and, you know, for Black Lives Matter. And then he got the call. Hey, you got to go suit up and go protect the streets. And so now he's forced to play the role on the other side. And right. it, and it, that sucks. Yeah. And, I, and and I'm sure that weighs heavy on him. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's conflict a, of interest. Exactly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of people, this is a time right now where a lot of people are questioning so much, questioning themselves, questioning what they're doing with their lives, questioning, you know, their friends, their families. So many heavy and important conversations are happening right now. So it's, mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so much happening that it, this energy is heavy, but it needs to happen. We need, no, no, no. We need this. We, we need this. Everybody mm-hmm. needs this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, this it's, is a, it's important. Yeah. It's very important and it's important to have these moments so everyone can grow. It's mm-hmm. time. It's yeah. time. And so, um, it's so funny. <laughs> we were like almost out with our episode and we never got to the question. <laughs> Sorry guys. No, it, this needs to happen. I had a feeling this is what was going to happen. Um, uh, there's just a lot to talk about and it needs to be said. Um, yeah, but I think like, as far as moving forward, because what I fear is that this is just an inst—I mean, an Instagram trend—and like that, yeah, like mm-hmm. how everything is in the shallow ass world. Um, that this is just going to be a fleeting moment, and it's going to pass, and no change is going to happen, no real effective change. Because I, I saw Aaron, you posted Eileen's post about these new New York laws that are complete bullshit. That they're mm-hmm. trying to say. That, oh, look, see, we've reformed these laws and we're adjusting these laws. And, and they're just like reiterating the same shit or, or just stating the obvious. Yeah. It's bullshit. And so it's not real change. Don't, don't yeah. lie to us. Don't, it's insulting. It's gaslighting. It's gaslighting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's, it's not change, you know, and I think like one of the things that I've been trying to do personally is like obviously educate myself as much as I can with whatever I don't know. If I want to dig deeper, I I was telling Aaron that the looting thing I never thought deeply about. I didn't go deeper. I just thought people are taking advantage of the situation, which some of them are, you know, you get those people. Absolutely. It is up, but there's a lot of layers to the looting. There is. Yeah. And you know, you, you get one layer is the fact that, we want to hit them where it hurts in their pockets because Mm -hmm. that's the only time they pay attention is when we're affecting their business and their money. Mm -hmm. So there's that Mm -hmm. part of it to send the message because all the the protests were specifically organized in certain locations in LA. I don't know about other places, but in LA it was, it was in Beverly Hills. It was in areas where there's wealth and that was meant for a reason. Santa Monica, Santa Monica. Exactly. Um, so you get that layer and then you also get the layer of people right now. We, the unemployment rate is through the roof right now. People don't have shit right now. So if they're going to see an opportunity to say F you to the government, F you to these corporate businesses and I'm going to go get my shit. I can't really blame them right now. (laughs) I'm I'm walking in the Gucci store with you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? this is the thing, like, you can't promote, and this is the thing, it's like, especially, like, with um, rappers and, and record labels and stuff like that, a lot of the people who are at the head of that are white, and so you can't fund and promote these rappers to flaunt all of their cars and their designer jewelry and bags and, and everything in everybody's face and make them want mm-hmm. everything and then expect for people who are being oppressed 
to not go get those things when there's an opportunity. Exactly. And and those are the people who we talked about first, the people who are just looking for the opportunity. They don't even know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They don't no, even understand. Moments, right? No, they don't get it at all, but I get it. And I see what's happening. And I know why they went and, and broke the windows of the Louis store mm-hmm. and of the Gucci store, mm-hmm. because this is what you tell them that they have to have to be worthy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, don't play with us. Mm-hmm. And that is true. so deep. It's so, that is really yeah. deep. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. many, there's many layers to the whole looting thing. And so I Googled it. I was like, what, what's the history of looting? Why do people loot? And I just dug deep into that so that I could understand it. And it changed my, my viewpoint on it. I, I, I'm not a violent person. I don't agree with violent protests. I would prefer to see a piece of protest. However, I get it. I get it. And hey. people's lives are being taken. Fuck your shit. Yeah. Right. You know what Merchandise I mean? can be yeah. replaced. And, and you have insurance. Get out of my face. Exactly. There you go. Boom, and, yeah. and and really, the sad part is when the mom and pops get hit. That's, that I, yeah. that, that yes. is the, that is the part because that's their livelihood, and you're yeah. that's not fixing the problem. That's just you know, casualty of war. Yeah, it is exactly. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, it, it. The funny thing about it is a lot of the uh, museums that people who call themselves cultured love to go yep. to and see things at. Those that are shit. all a product of looting. Looting, exactly. All that shit was that, looted. All of that is stolen. It's all yeah. stolen goods. All yeah. Of it. yeah. Mm-hmm. In- including yeah. black people from Africa. Uh, mostly including yeah. black people from Africa. Like, don't play with us. Like, don't act like you didn't teach us these things. Exactly. And, and, and then you turn around and, and um, look at us crazy for doing them. Like, yeah. You, yeah. When, when you've been put in a position, like, you can't. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm getting angry now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man, it's it's. So well, deep. I mean, it, it's and, and we didn't even we haven't even touched the surface of white privilege in that topic. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. I'm not white. I can't talk about that. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I mean, you know what it is. Oh yeah, I definitely know what it is. And it's, it's, there's a lot of people who don't know what it is and don't know it exists, don't believe it exists. So now they don't have it. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't they have it. They think yeah. this is America, land of the free. Yeah. We all have the same opportunities. And that's no. not what it is. Yeah. That's not exactly. what it is. You know, and if you think that, that's because you probably have privilege. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, that's it, it, a whole nother. The last thing I'm going to say is it, I find it crazy to see people of other races who are not white say anything about what's happening negatively about what's going on right now as if every other race hasn't been oppressed mm-hmm. almost, almost every other, you know, at some point by, by America. Mm-hmm. How 9-11 happened and then every person from the Middle East was a terrorist. How, you know, uh, coronavirus just recently happened and every Asian person was a target. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. act like this. is like, And now to see um, Middle Eastern people or Asian people or whoever look at Black people as if, you know, they don't understand is insane to me. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I don't know if it's like their own conditioning to like, 
think that way. I, to me, it's just ignorance. Um, I've had those conversations with family members. It's frustrating as hell. Like, I, it's hard to get these points across sometimes when people have already decided they want to think this way. And that and, is so frustrating. Right. It's very, it's very hard to change that fixed mindset. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. I think so. that is exactly, Nas, is that we're dealing with, a lot of people are dealing, in our age group, dealing with talking to their parents right now and trying to change that perspective. Because... Yes. And- no, I'm just, I, 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 go on. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I also think there's this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, like a racial hierarchy. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, but I feel like in some races, they still think they're better than black people. And mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. it's not okay. It's not okay. Most races think they're better than black people. Yes. And that's yes. the sick truth. It, it, it's like us and Mexicans. We're the bottom yeah. of the barrel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And yeah. Look, it, okay. It, it, it's even within, there's hierarchies within, um, within Latin communities. There's, hi, you know, where they yeah. say, oh, Dominicans are down here and Puerto Ricans yeah. are here. And th- there's hierarchies. It's all, it's yeah. all like, yeah. yeah, I know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's bullshit. And it's so hard to dismantle that. It's, yeah. That's a whole nother, I don't even know how to begin that. I mean, again, we can have these conversations with our parents, which I have been doing. Um, I don't really want to blast my parents' opinions on things because they didn't ask for this platform. <laughs> but um, it's important to have the conversations at the very least. That yeah. is the very least thing that should be happening is if people don't understand in your circle, in your family, it is your responsibility as a quote-unquote woke person to inform them and educate them and have those difficult conversations. And I had another listener message me. She sent me a a voice message saying that she is having a really hard time talking to her Indian mother, Mm. and all they do is get into shouting matches. Because she gets so upset and worked up that her mother is so ignorant about these topics that she just lashes out and then the conversation never goes any further. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, and how many people are having these conversations right now? You know, so many. So many, mm-hmm. And I really don't even know how to advise that, you know? And I think people come to our show, this is the thing, like Nas and I, we're 37... 30 something year old women with, you know, a certain amount of experiences. We're still going through life. We don't have all the answers. We're trying to figure it out ourselves. Like we're, and we're not perfect by any means. So it's very, like we make mistakes and say things and, you know, we could be wrong. We could be right. Exactly. You know, we're, yeah, we're still growing. And we've, we've been fortunate enough to receive this platform to share our experiences and to highlight other people's experiences. And that's what we try to do. Um, and again, not claim that we know everything cause we don't, we're just no. saying, Hey guys, we're going through this life with you. Like mm-hmm. watch us grow, come and grow with us. Let's learn together, you yeah. know? So I, I don't know how to answer that because I've had a lot of shouting matches with my dad in the past, not, not just only on, on all kinds of topics, um, communicating with your parents 
can be so frustrating when your viewpoints and your morals don't align. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's one of actually one of the most frustrating things. I'm going to just be honest with you. Of course. It's, it's you don't want to be disappointed. Exactly. Like, oh, that's my, those are my parents and I learned from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is like this certain amount of guilt. And I personally can speak on this that mm-hmm. I feel being disappointed with, with situations like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it bothers I, me. I, I'll say this. Um, I don't have to have those particular kinds of conversations with my mom, of course, because she is black. Um, but I do have to have certain conversations with my mother where our opinions are very different, especially when it comes to her relationship with my sisters Mm -hmm. and how they communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I will say it's just as touchy of a subject because when I talk to my mom about that, it feels like to her that I am attacking her personally Mm -hmm. um, because I'm attacking her beliefs. Mm -hmm. So it's in the same realm. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I've learned to do is to look my mother dead in the eye Mm-hmm. And say, hey, lady, listen to me. <laughs> I am not attacking you. I uh-huh. want to hear you. I want you to hear me. But I feel like there's a, a disconnect in, you know, whatever this conversation that we're having. And uh-huh. if you would just give me an opportunity to tell you my point, and I'll give you an opportunity just, you know, just to give them that permission to chill out. Because mm-hmm. then they know that you are not personally attacking them and that oh, yeah. you don't love them any less because you disagree with them. And so you know? does she receive it well every time she, you say it? Absolutely. And it, it gets better every time. It gets better yeah. every time. Um, yeah. So I, I really just had to, it, it, it's crazy because a lot of times in a lot of situations, as you get older and you are still their child, you kind of have uh-huh. to parent up on them. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to like boss up on your mom and dad and be like, Hey bro, I need you to chill out for a second, be mature and Mm -hmm. have a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't, yeah, you just, you got to learn to boss up sometimes. And if it has to be on your parents, it just has to be on your parents, but um, you have to know how to do it uh, in a loving way Mm -hmm. and in a way that is going to promote communication. Mm -hmm. And try your best to and, set and emotions. Yeah. And try your best to set emotions yes. aside as best you can because that's when things get miscommunicated or misconstrued is because it's in a high emotional state. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know sometimes it feels like our parents still see us as these little beings. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it gets that also aids in like the heated conversation because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm your parent. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm best and it's Mm -hmm. like don't tell me to like Mm -hmm. speak a certain way so yeah that also happens a lot as Mm -hmm. well but I love Mm -hmm. your advice here I'm like I'm actually gonna try that I'm gonna see how it'll be received yeah you just gotta be like mom don't you know that I love you (laughs) like stop tripping like yeah yeah listen to me I just Mm -hmm. want to talk to you Mm -hmm. right like yeah yeah I had a four-hour conversation with my parents last week on the phone (laughs) So crazy. I don't think I've ever talked to them that long in my life. (laughs) (laughs) How did it feel? (laughs) It was great. We talked about all kinds of stuff. And there was in the past when my dad, uh, my dad and I bump heads a lot. We have a lot of different um, opinions on things and we're very different people. 
And in the past, we've always fought and bumped heads. And this go around, and as I got older, that lessened and lessened. But this go around, um, really, I just let him say what he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And I would just let him say it all. And I would pause and just take it in. And then I would respond calmly with just facts. You know, right. I, I, I tried to just educate him on certain things as much as I could and leave it at that. And I continuously send him videos on things and, hey, you should look at this documentary and read this. And I'm constantly showing my parents, read this, look at this, you know, and that's all I can do is educate them. And it's up to them if they want to decide. I can't force that on them. And mm-hmm. that's the other harsh reality. You cannot yep. force your grandma reality. to be racist yeah. when she's been racist her whole life. Yeah. Yes. You know what and I mean? That's like, generational. That's been passed down. Exactly. So my it, black grandma was racist. My great grandma, by the way. Oh, that's so, interesting. You know, this is this is across the board. She was just light skinned, yeah. so she could get away with it. Right. So, See? Okay. Yeah. It's it affects so many of us, you know. I think every family has been affected by it in some way or another. Absolutely. And so, you know, it, it just becomes tricky because again, we do love them and they're our family. So, uh, it's just there is going to be sometimes that harsh reality of do I have to accept that they may not change. Yeah. yeah. That's, but yeah. also know that that doesn't have any effect on who you are. Right. Their their opinion of the world is not yours. You are allowed to be your own person. You don't have to adopt, agree with, carry mm-hmm. any of their opinions or the you know, the way that they move through the world. Mm-hmm. You can be a completely different person. It's up to you and it doesn't have to anger you um that your parents have a difference of opinion because it has literally nothing to do with you. Right, exactly. Exactly. So. Amen. And I think um Finding the root and going back into why do my parents feel this way? Have those deep conversations as to mom and dad, why did you start to feel this way towards this? Yeah, listen to their stories. Listen to their stories. Dig deeper and find out what their experiences were and whatever. And and just to have that better understanding so you can come more well-equipped with that rebuttal, with that, okay, I'm sorry you you experienced that or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but you know, educate them past that, you know, Mm -hmm. as best you can. Again, they may not receive it and it may take time and it's going to require a lot of patience, Mm -hmm. but you might learn a lot about yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. Man. Okay. One last last thing. Um, I feel like in order to keep the momentum going, because in order for us to see real change, we have to keep this going. We can't stop. Um, the one thing that I found and I'm still looking, um, is I joined, I'm going to share this in case other people want to do the same. I joined the grassroots law project, Mm -hmm. basically an organization, um, that they have legal expertise to radically transform policing and justice in America. So they go out and find all the injustices and they work on those through petitions and they need money and they need all the support that they can get. So what's cool about it is if you're a person like me where you just don't really know where to start, mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool organization to sign up for because they'll email you and tell you, hey, this is what we're working on right now and this is what we need from you. And so you can decide you know, how you want to contribute, either showing up and helping 
um, signing the petitions, sending money, whatever it is, at least it's one way. And there's so many other organizations. There's uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. NAACP. NAACP, excuse me. There's also change.org. Yes, change.org. You can sign up on. There's also the, if you want to donate, the Minnesota Freedom Fund is a great one too. That helps bail out any protesters. Perfect. Um, so read up on that. I've, I'm with that. So yeah, I mean, anything helps at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, signing those petitions, educate yourself, being in the know. If you could donate, donate. If you can't, it's fine. Like we all posted that on YouTube. If you listen to a certain playlist. Yeah. They, the money gets donated to certain organizations. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, we need radical movement in our justice system. Um, really in, in, in so many structures of America need radical reform. Um, and it is daunting, but we got to start somewhere. We gotta, we gotta do something. So again, like we said, vote, it may not work. (laughs) We're not sure. 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 (laughs) So terrible. We will be at the polls. We will be voting. But we'll we'll be there. Meet us there. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. With our masks on. Well, yeah. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> but yeah, I hope uh, I hope we can get through this, man. This shit's brutal. We got to get Trump out of here. We got to yeah. get him out of here. Uh, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, guys, um, I, I do want to say that I appreciate um, your concern, your um, involvement, your willingness to understand and to learn and to listen. Um, I love it. Thank you. It makes me cry. <laughs> oh, she's shedding a tear. Of course. Of course. Sharon, I mean, listen, it's we automatic. love you. It is automatic. We love yeah. you. Like this is something like we believe in as well. Um, you know, we fight and honor humanity. So this is, it's automatic. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and if you have black friends and black family, how can you not be a part of this? If you I, love those people, you have mm-hmm. to show up. You have if you to love, be a part of this. If you love rap music. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, that part. <laughs> All of it. That All of part. it. You know, yeah. we have taken so much from you. And it's time that people start giving back to black culture and black society. It, we are. It's so long overdue. Yes, giving them the credit that they deserve. Yeah. They deserve all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our best. All right, guys. Thank you for so much for listening. Sorry we never got to the questions. <laughs> that just means we'll have to do a whole other episode. Exactly. We'll be back next week with, with ladies like you. <laughs> yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ladies Like Us from The Lady Gang and Podcast One. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Baquet. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week. Hey, I'm Autumn Calabrese, and I have a question for you. How do you do life? I might be a superstar trainer, but I'm also a boy mom, sister, daughter, friend, and entrepreneur. You might think my life is all working out and cooking healthy, delicious recipes, but trust me, there is so much more to it, and this is it. This is all of those real moments you talk about with your family and friends. Ever wonder what else life has to offer? Bring your curious appetite, and let's do life together. 
Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and PodcastOne.com.